Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the radio audience. Coming to us out of the sky, the familiar voice of radio brings endless hours of entertainment, information, and cheer. Today's sound is designed to suit you. Entertainment. Like to hear more? Oh, may we? Hey, listen, I have a record I want you to play. What you got, Holmes? It is a rare, one-of-a-kind original pressing. I just want to hear the music, that's all. Is it too complicated to just keep my records in the category, okay? Just put the rock and roll in with the rock and roll. Put the R&B in with the R&B. I mean, you're not going to put Charlie Parker in with the rock and roll, would you? What does it all mean? I don't know. Who is Charlie Parker? Yes! Sounds, visuals, and music podcast with an emphasis on jazz, funk, soul, and hip hop. You are tuned into Sounds Visual Radio. My name is Justin, and my guest on this week's episode of the podcast is Keith Harrison. Keith Harrison is a Dayton, Ohio based keyboardist, vocalist, and composer who was a founding member of the group Fazo, whose 1977 song Riding High became a beloved funk jam and later a classic hip hop sample. Following his time with Fazo, Keith joined the band Heatwave and later became a member of the Daz Band. One of his notable achievements was writing the hit song Let It All Blow for the Daz Band. Throughout his illustrious career, Keith has collaborated with a diverse array of artists, including Ray Parker Jr., The Ohio Players, the P-Funk All-Stars, and Morris Day in the Time. All right, let's jump into our conversation with keyboardist, vocalist, and composer, Keith Harrison. My career started, actually, the journey started uh, from childbirth, <laughs> believe it or not. My mom always told me that I was going to be musically inclined, and I asked her, how did she know? And she said, every time I played music, you was patting your foot in my womb. I said, oh, wow. So, uh, all through high school, I had high school bands uh, that I put together, and uh, they used to have these recreation. We had these recreational parks where they had these show wagons, which the city would take to the recreational parks. It was a flatbed uh, that they pulled uh, on a truck, and they had little talent shows and. So uh, my band at the time was called the Medallions, and uh, we won the talent show on the, on the flatbed. So as, as I got, when I turned 18, my uh, 
father told me, uh, he says, what are you going to do with your life? And I said, I'm, I'm going to play music. And he says, well, you're not going to sit around here and play music. He says, you're going to get a job. <laughs> and I'm like, but music's going to be my job. No, we're not going to have that. So I said, well, I can't stay around here. And I enlisted into uh, the Air Force. And what happened was I got shipped right back here to Dayton, Ohio, right at Air Force Base. So it enabled me to hook back up with the guys that uh, I had, some of the guys that I played with through high school. And uh, we called ourselves Phase Three. As time went on, uh, we picked up more band members. We had three uh, horn players, uh, three badass white dudes, man, uh, trumpet, trombone, sax. These cats were just, you know, they just took us to another level. So we went to Atlanta to do a gig, and and we got noticed by uh, Al Heyman. Uh, at the time, who was in charge of, uh, or who was doing promotions and and management of of, of concerts and and groups, and he became real interested interested in us. So uh, we were going to pack up and relocate to the ATL. Well, when we got back to Dayton, we had one more gig to do, which was at the Postman's Ball and I'm speaking of the group phase three, and Clarence Satchel of Ohio Players was there. And he saw and heard us, and at the end of our set, he came up to us and said, hey, my name is Clarence Satchel of Ohio Players. I have $24,000, and I want to take you guys in the studio. And if you're interested, be at my house tomorrow. He gave us the address and was like, wow, this could be really cool. So the horn players weren't really feeling it. You know, I mean, we was all ready to go to the ATL, but, you know, our thing was, well, there's nothing wrong with checking it out. So we went to his house the next uh, morning. We had our trailer hitched onto the, to the van, and we sat in his drive for about an hour or so, and we were ready to pull out, and he finally came outside, and he was, chuckling and said, well, uh, why did you make us sit in the drive so long? And uh, he said, I wanted to see how bad you wanted it. I said, oh. So he said, come on in. So we went in, and, and uh, at the time, the bass player, uh, Tyrone Crumb, was the leader of the band. Uh, he took him back in his office, and we're looking around at all the gold platinum records and all the plush furniture, and we was like, wow, this is really cool. So when Tyrone came out out of the office with, with Satchel, he was like, guys, it's going to be cool, man. So Satchel said, uh, looking forward to working with you guys. So uh, we got in the van, and the horn players was like, well, we ain't with this. you know." So we said, well, let's take a vote. The band, uh, more, the band except the horn players voted to stay and uh, go in the studio with Satchel the horn players, they left the band. So we thought that was going to be a problem, uh, but it wasn't a problem uh, because he liked what the rhythm section was doing. He liked the vocal work. So the next thing you know, we're in the studio, we're recording, and we get to our last song, 
on the Riding High album, which was called Test, and was singing Test, Test 1, 2. And Vip, the lead singer, Robert Neal, the lead singer, said, this is Faiso. And we was like, wow, we like that. We like that. Faiso. The O can represent Ohio. So we changed the name from Phase 3 to Faiso. up doing three three albums. The first album, uh, uh, some know how players, uh, Sats, Billy Dad, they uh, produced uh, the Riding High album. Uh, Riding High came about one evening uh, before we uh, signed up with, with Sats. I was getting high <laughs> and uh, I landed on this groove. I just kept playing the same groove over and over. And my wife was like, honey, please, please go to bed. I can't take take it no more. And I kept saying, I'm on to something. I'm on to something. She said, but, you, but you're playing the same chords. <laughs> so I, I started playing that from 7 in the evening, I think about 5 in the morning. So the next day I, when I got to rehearsal, I taught the band the groove, Roger Parker, bless his soul, uh, who's deceased now, put the drums uh, beat to it, guitar player put the guitar part to it, and I talked Tyrone, the bass line, and he added some, some ad-libs uh, to the bass line, and we left it at that. So getting back to when we went to the ATL, and we on our way back from the ATL, I, uh, I had first leg in driving the van, and one of the roadies was riding a uh, shotgun, and uh, I popped the uh, some speed to keep me awake. And I said, oh, man, you got to trade places with me. I got a vibe to write the words for riding high. We switched places, and so I wrote, I'm riding high, or riding down the highway. I'm riding high. And and the drug had kicked in. I said, I can't feel my body. You know, I was feeling all numb. I said, I'm riding high. And I looked back at the guys, and they were all knocked out. I want to take you on a trip with me. And I said, I'm riding high. And I farted. And I said, there's a funk in the breezeway. <laughs> People don't believe me when I tell them that, but it's the truth.
I felt right now was going to be a hit from the, the day I started playing that groove. Uh, seriously, I, I just knew that not knowing even lyrically where we're going to go, but those were my days when I was smoking a lot of weed and uh, uh, popping pills. And uh, it just had that, that vibe, you know, you just kind of knew something was going to happen with that groove. It, it really kind of climbed, climbed the charts on its own legs. So the next thing you know, uh, that's when we hooked up with Satch and went in the studio and we recorded Riding High and uh, along with the other cuts and that became the title of the album, Riding High. After Riding High, we went on and did a lot of tours, uh, promotional tours at first. Back then, you know, you were going to record stores and... Uh, do autograph signings. They have all your signatures all around the record stores, all your, your albums or pictures or what have you. You would do radio, you do radio spots. You say, hi, we're phase on. When we're in town, we listen to whatever the, the identification of the radio station, you say that. So you do that. We, you know, the record companies would, would uh, fund that for you to go around and do your promotional stuff to get you, get you ready. So when you did hit the city, you have an audience. Fazo released their second record, Good Thing, in 1978. We did the Good Thing album. The Good Thing album didn't really rock it the way we wanted it to. That's when disco was, was coming about. You know, radio was changing format of what kind of music they were playing. Sass was trying to force us to play that kind of music. We said, we're a funk man, you know, not a disco man.
So Good Thing didn't do well. Then we went into doing our third album, which was Breaking the Funk. And I uh, had my hand in, in uh, co-producing that. And um, it didn't even get any airplay. By that time, Killian Records said we're not sinking no more money into uh, promotions. And uh, eventually we were, we were dropped. You have just entered into the land of phase O. We are about to funk. Rock With You, and uh, 
Friday hooked up with Quincy Jones, and he says, don't worry, Mike, I'll give it to Michael. You know, so uh, as you know, that went on to be a big big hit for Michael Rock with you, which I, I felt it could have been a big hit for Heat Wave if we would have done it. albums with Heat Wave, I told Johnny, I said, Johnny, I, I can't stick around because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a songwriter, you know, I want to write songs, and, and he understood, so uh, we were over in Europe uh, finishing up uh, Heat Wave Current, I, I, I uh, recorded with them uh, Heat Wave Candles and then Heat Wave Current, and I get a call, my wife calls me up, she says, Honey, there's a guy on, on the phone, his name is Skip Martin of the Dance Band. Do you know him? And I said, oh, yeah. I met Skip some years back when they were Kinsman Dads, and they used to open up for us when we would play up in Akron, Ohio, when we were Phase 3. Uh, and he also it came to Dayton. Uh, Sachs was trying to get him to join Ohio Players, and he uh, declined that. So I knew Skip. And um, he said, hey, man, we're looking for a, a second keyboard player. And I told him we can get two for the price of one because you can also sing. And so I flew from England straight into Cleveland. And they were starting on their second album. They just finished up uh, the Keep It Live album that had Letter Whip It and some of the other, some other hits that were on that that particular album, and we were they were recording. We were going in and record on the one for fun. The band had already written. Uh, actually, the producers wrote "Let It With." Uh, Reggie Andrews and Dougal Chandler, who are deceased, uh, uh, they wrote "Let It With," and uh, the band recorded it and performed on it. Uh, I came in right after they had finished it, so. Uh, but they, they uh, because I came in as a member, they allowed me to uh, to receive the Grammy when when they were awarded it as well. And I thought that was a great gesture by uh, the band to do that. But uh, we also won an Emmy Award about three months ago for a remake of People Get Ready. And Skip Martin and the keyboard player from Spiral Gyro are the ones who came up with the idea to do it. And uh, so it, it, we did a remake of People Get Ready for St. Jude, and it was um, played on the TV show in Atlanta somewhere, and uh, it won an Emmy Award for one of the best songs for, for a TV uh, show. So that was really awesome. So... Um, 
the guys were really impressed with how I, I blended in with them, you know, really well from vocals uh, as well as bringing some funk. One of the good things with the dance band, you know, of course, they they allow people to write songs. And um, Bobby Harris, the leader of the band, and myself uh, wrote the majority of a lot of the songs, you know, together. So what what I did on the road, what I would do, I would stay in the studio, watch the engineers, listen to the engineers, ask questions. And I went out and bought myself a, a four-track recorder. The first four-track I had was a false text, and then I went to Tascam. And I bought a drum machine, and I had a little Casio keyboard. And so Let It All Blow, uh, my roommate was Steve Cox, the other keyboard player. I um, I start playing this Indian beat on the drum scene. And then I start playing the bass line. To that, you know, to that beat. And I said, man, I want to, I want to make this sound like Parliament. So the chords. You know, I, I tried to, to 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 bring some uh, Parliament Sausage type chords in as, as the bridge, you know, and that song has that kind of feel to it. So uh, Bobby said, man, I, let, me, let me write some lyrics to this, you know. At first I didn't, I, I wanted to go a different direction with the lyrics, but I said, okay, you know, and uh, he's one that put the hee-ho, hee-ho, let it all blow. And I said, Bobby, what is let it out? What is he gonna let it out blow? You know, it's just feeling free. What you want to do? You know, let yourself go. <laughs> so I said, okay. And uh, so let it out blow was like a, a fun hit, a number one hit in New uh, Year. It was number one hit. Sure. With, with the Daz Band uh, was for six albums. Was with them from 80, 80, 
93 to 92, and I decided to uh, come off the road. I was burnt out. Uh, I wanted to spend time with my family. I have two beautiful daughters. And they're 10 years apart. And so uh, I, took, I took a hiatus. And uh, once my money ran out that I saved up, I still wasn't ready to to go back out. Um, I started working in the workforce as a program director for housing authority. Did that for 10 years. Then I got hired as an executive director for a nonprofit organization called Campfire Girls and Boys. And then I worked for the county in the reentry program uh, and was able to, to get my 30 years in I worked as an executive director at Campfire for 12 years and uh, then the uh, county for um, uh, the reentry program. During the time uh, in, the, in the 90s, uh, I went out on the road with Morris Day and the Time Band as a, a hired musician playing keyboards and singing vocals. And I played with them 90, 95 through 96. Uh, two years, and uh, that was really cool. Um, then I went out on the road with a group called Low Key. They had a big hit called I Got a Thing for You, Baby. And I also went out on the road with the Ohio Player. Got about that. Did, did some gigs with them stateside and then over in Kobe, Japan. So all this time I was still doing music because I, I had my own home studio. I was doing jingles. I hooked up with a friend of mine who's my co-writer. His name is Sanford Whitlow. We call him Sandman. We did a Sprite uh, jingle and um, did a Coca-Cola jingle, uh, did some local jingles, also some, some music production things. So I kept, kept busy still uh, with music, but had a, a eight to five, nine to five, gig working in the workforce that enabled me to horn in on you know some of my administration skills and uh rub elbows with corporate people and uh that was that was pretty cool uh, to do that to see how the other side of the world lives and i wasn't happy and then uh when i was the executive director for campfire i was diagnosed with uh prostate cancer and um, I had to have the surgery. Being I went into the military, uh, I qualified become a, 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 for VA benefits. Um, so they did the, did the, had the, the surgery done, paid for the surgery. Surgery was successful, thank God. And um, so, but during the time that I left the DAS band, the leader of the DAS band, Bobby Harris had always been calling me every six months to see if I was going to come back. And he said, I'm going to always leave the door open for you. So in uh, 2019, I rejoined back up with uh, the Daz Band. So in 2019, I um, re rejoined the Daz Band, and um, I've been hitting with them ever since. It's, it's been pretty cool. And on my time uh, off, I'm just enjoying retirement, 
spending time with my kids and my grandkids, still working on music. Say, though, we, we had another uh, recordings we did that were never released. So I uh, plan on releasing those recordings sometime soon in the future. And uh, working on a book, on my book that I've been working on. It's called Riding High, My Journey with Faiso Heat Wave and the Dance Band. So Keith, circling back to Fazo and Riding High, that track went on to become a bedrock for sampling and hip hop. When did you first discover that Riding High had become such a popular choice for producers and beat makers? I found out in the 90s that it was being sampled. I also heard, um, you know, people like uh, Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube. Chris, Chris Cross was the first one that I heard because a DJ friend of mine who worked at a radio station here called WDAO, his name was Stan the Man, uh, Stanley Brooks. He called me up and he said, Keith, we just got uh, some new product and promotional uh, copy of a song from Chris Cross called Tonight the Night. And he said, man, this sounds like riding high. And I said, can you, can you send it to me? And he sent it to me. And sure enough, it, it was riding high, you know, and same guitar parts, same groove. Yeah. Who got you? Open, scoping out the track. It's no other than the sounds of the dead and Mac. Still slacking, back patching up my turf. Cause after me was a factor, real worse at the worst. So on the record, there our names weren't even on. So I immediately called the company they were with. I called our publishing company. They contacted them. They had to pull all the records off the shelf and redo them with our names added on to it. So that was the first time. And then that's when I realized this is this is gonna be something that that people are going to start start sampling. And when I went to the site who sampled it, that's where I saw the different artists. EPMD had a song called Listen to My Demo. They just sampled the record itself. We was cooling in my car one day, you see. Clock and a double nickel on the LIE. When it dawned on us that it was 10 o'clock. Turn on the tunes to hear the DJs rock. The hands got the clapping, the fingers got the snapping. Ian, I was cooling with this minutes we were snapping. In and out of fantasies on how large we can get. Cooling the rocks and benzes with the ground effect kits. A lot of these artists we never got paid from, you know. Ice Q had a song on uh, War and Peace Volume 2 uh, called Record Company Pimpin', and it had Riding High. Record Company Trap setting decoys, just a pimp young b-boys with a couple of yak, studio contact, maniac with a contract. We'll turn the face and the motherfucking treble. About to do a deal with the devil from a vocal level, bullshit points. Plus he wanna rub it in and take all my publishing. God damn it. dog had boss player, then Ghostface uh featuring Method Man had a song called Killer Lipstick. 
and they just sampled the record riding high. Hey, yo, I couldn't get enough from the way she smelled. Was it baby fat J-Lo or straight Chanel? Her face belonged on the loop, the video. Never too much the way she smelled. Her face looked pretty, though. There were some other artists that, that sampled riding high that were just, and they're still sampling it. It's, it's one of the top ten most sampled songs in, in the world. Keyboardist, vocalist, and composer Keith Harrison with me on Sounds Visual Radio. Keith, thank you so much for talking to me today about your journey with Fazo, Heatwave, and the Daz Band. I've always been curious about Fazo and, of course, Riding High, as I had heard it sampled so many times. And thanks for sharing your story with us. Okay, thank you. Sounds Visual Radio is a production of Sounds Visual Media. All past episodes of the podcast can be found archived anytime at soundsvisualradio.com. Follow us on Instagram at Sounds Visual Media and on Facebook at Sounds Visual PDX. And lastly, the email for the podcast is soundsvisualradio at gmail.com.